understand the significance of what they're saying. I am very aware, I am very aware as the pastor of this church of men who have seen phenomenal growth and moves of God in their church who allowed themselves to get put up on a pedestal only to come crumbling down. I am very conscious of that. I am very aware of that. And so I'm, I'm saying what I'm saying right now because I want this church to understand the significance of these prophetic words where God is calling or telling us that people are going to be called to this church because of the things that are going on. I want you to know that I know that it's not because of me. Can I say that? It's, it's not because of me, and, and I want you to understand that. Um, it's not because of personalities. That's not why people are going to be drawn here. Amen? But they're going to be drawn here for the sole purpose that you and I as a body, as a church, not as individuals, but as a group of people, we are going to be able to share Jesus Christ with people who so desperately need God in their life. Amen? I was wondering, you know, as the visitors came in and, and you know, Brother O'Rourke and, and Brother David are talking, listen, are talking about people that are going to be drawn to this church and they may not understand the significance of that. But again, the whole purpose of that, Brother Mike, is not so that I or Brother Keith or Brother Kevin or any other person, the Acts program or the youth program, would be exalted and lifted up. It's so that we might tell others about Jesus Christ. Do you agree with me on that tonight? Amen. So, for that to happen in this church, God is going to use you and I. He's going to use you and I. Matter of fact, I believe there are some of you that are even sitting under the sound of my voice right now that you don't truly believe God can use you. But God is going to use you and I because we are His Spirit-filled body. We are salt and light on this earth. Amen. And I believe as we hear these prophetic words that are spoken over this church and the ministries of the church, that God is going to make you and I key instruments in the outpouring of His Spirit in the last days. Isn't that exciting? That He would see something in every one of us that He can use. Amen. So, with our knowing and our understanding this, then we have got to make sure that in our lives, the presence of Jesus Christ is manifest in us. In other words, Jesus Christ must be seen in you and I. Amen. Do you agree with that tonight? Now, how important is this? Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 21. John 14, 21. Jesus said this. Hopefully we have it. We do. <coughs> Jesus said, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Jesus is saying that his people have two distinct things that reveal their love for him. Two things. Number one, we live a life that's in obedience to Jesus' every command. Amen. That's one distinct characteristic that reveals our love for Him is that we obey, we live in obedience to Jesus' every command. And then number two, we are manifesting His presence 
in our lives. And that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Hopefully we all know what it means to keep the Lord's commandments. Hopefully we all know that, and I believe that we do, and we're striving for that. But what does it mean tonight that He will manifest Himself to us? What's that mean? Let's look at that word manifest. That word manifest simply means this. It means to shine or break forth. To shine or break forth. So in other words, we are to become an instrument or a channel that radiates or that shines, break forth Christ's presence in our lives. Now how is this possible? I want to turn your attention to two passages of Scripture. I want to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. It says this, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. How is it possible that the presence of Jesus Christ would be made manifest in our life? It's this way. We must remember that in this day and hour that our bodies are the temple of the living God. This is where God lives. His Spirit lives within me. We know that Scripture tells us that God no longer dwells in buildings made with hands of man. He does not dwell in some far-out place that we cannot attain Him in the atmosphere. Matter of fact, the Bible says that the heavens cannot even contain Him. Scripture tells us that we live and we exist in Him. How many remember my Santa Claus revelation? I'll share it real quick if you want to hear it again. Real quick, I was walking in Walmart, and they had this big blow-up Santa Claus where all the things are blowing in his belly, and they got these little houses in there and everything, and I always used to say, Brother Baker, that, that God is omnipotent. That means he fills all measure of space, and the Lord showed me he don't fill all measure of space. He is all measure of space. So when I seen that big old Santa Claus belly with that little town and all them people in there and the snow blowing, I thought, well, that's how it is with us. We live and dwell inside God Almighty. He is all measure of space. He doesn't fill it. He is all measure of space. So the heavens cannot even contain him. So Jesus Christ is manifested through our obedient and sanctified bodies, which are his temple which are his temple. I recently read a story, recently read a story of these four teenage boys that had a visiting evangelist that came to their church. And Brother Kevin, these boys actually said, our church was dead. It just seemed like nothing was happening in our church. There was no evangelism, there was no outreach, there was no you know, services where people were coming to the altar and there were moves of God. These four teenage boys actually said coming to our church was born. Not this church, we're talking about their church. There was nothing happening at their church. And this evangelist came and they pre- he preached and preached, and the story says they, he preached so well, and they were convicted by the preaching of God's Word. But none of the adults and no one else in the church was moved except those four boys. 
And those four boys decided that they were going to do something to change the atmosphere of that church. So those four young teenage boys started their own prayer meeting, just those four, four young boys together. Isn't that exciting? But for months, they would gather together and they would pray that God would send a mighty revival to their church. Well, that prayer group of four boys, all of a sudden, Brother Mike, went to 10, and it went to 15, and it went to 20, and then all of a sudden, the pastors of the church even started coming to these boys' prayer meeting, and it broke out a revival where that teenagers and families and individuals came and they gave their lives to Jesus Christ, and just a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit fell upon that church because four boys decided that we are going to change we are going to change the spiritual atmosphere of our church. What did they do? All they were simply doing is they were positioning themselves to allow Christ to be manifested in their lives. That's what we're talking about. Christ being manifested in our lives. May I say to every one of us here tonight, please, let's allow ourselves to be positioned in Jesus Christ, so that He might be manifested through us to shine and to break forth in every one of our lives. I hope at the end of the service Sunday, you guys heard what the Word of the Lord said to us, that God was going to call us to greater realms of consecration that we've ever had before. Amen? That's what went forth. And we were talking about where that God was going to call us to realms of prayer and fasting where we have not been before. Times where that we as families will shut off the TV and instead we'll go pray together in the front room and we'll have Bible study together and we'll witness together as a family. Amen. How many remember the, the, that, that going forth at the end of, uh, of the service? You see, what the Lord is trying to tell us, I believe, in this church is He's saying, get yourselves positioned where that I can be manifested in your life. In other words, so this world can see me through you. Amen. So it's going to take consecration. Now, in talking about this, I find tonight five things, and I know there's more. I know there's more. But I want to say there's at least five things that are breaking forth in people's lives who are consecrating themselves, who are allowing Jesus Christ to be manifested in their life. There will be five things that you will see in people's lives who are truly consecrating themselves to God. In other words, making the, allowing Christ to be manifested in their life. I want to talk about these five things tonight. Number one, God's people manifest a conviction of sin. God's people manifest a conviction of sin. Brother Kevin, I don't want you to, I want you to know publicly, your testimony about six weeks ago touched me, and I have not forgot that testimony. Where that you got alone and started praying, God, if there's anything in my life that's not pleasing to you, please show me and take it out. Is that the way you prayed? And God showed you some things, didn't he? But God's people manifest a conviction of sin. Here's what conviction is, guys. It's the state of being sensitive of wrongdoing. Steve, it's the state of being sensitive of wrongdoing. People 
who are allowing Jesus Christ to be manifested in them allow conviction to lead them to repentance and change. Let me say that again. People who are allowing Jesus Christ to be manifested in them, they will allow conviction to lead them to repentance and to change. And it comes when we hear the preached word. And it comes when we hear the taught word. It comes when we are on our knees in prayer and the Lord speaks something to us. It comes when we are fasting and we are making ourselves available to what God wants to do in our life. It comes when we are simply reading the Word of God and the Lord brings His Word and all of a sudden we say, something's got to change in my life. True people who are trying to serve God and allowing God to be made manifest in them have a true conviction for sin. Let me say something. These people are not ones who justify sin. Ever met that person? Uh, I know you don't do that, but it doesn't really bother me. It's, it's not my weakness. I can handle it. Oh, it wasn't that bad. People who have a true conviction of sin do not justify sin. They don't make excuses for their sin. They don't proclaim, well, that must be for someone else. We all know people like this, and we've all probably done it ourselves. Well, that was good preaching tonight. That's exactly what Dave Glisson needed to hear. When it's really me that needs to be up here in my, on my face saying, God, cleanse me. Wash me. People who are trying to allow God to be manifest in their life have a true conviction of sin, of sin. They don't declare, it doesn't bother me. Can I be a pastor for a moment? These are the people that, that don't make excuses when they're watching movies they shouldn't be watching and they have the ability to turn it off and say, that's not good for my spirit. Or TV shows or certain internet sites. As your pastor, let me be completely transparent. Every day, there are certain internet sites that I get on because I like to see news, but there was a couple of them that every time you'd pull them up, you would see a woman in, in some scantily dressed clothing. And the Lord convicted me because although I was not you know, sitting there gawking at it, every day that was planting something into my mind, and the Lord convicted me and said, you have no business looking at that, so I don't go there no more. And it was just a news channel. I didn't want to say it doesn't bother me. That image was, was in my mind. So I'm talking about movies and, and internet and magazines. Even if, I know we got a church here full of, of guys who enjoy sports. Too much of something takes away a lot of valuable time in our lives. Amen? There's times where we have to say it doesn't bother uh, that, that it does bother me and I need to get alone with God. But under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, they are on their knees asking God to change what needs to be changed so that, so that Christ is manifested in them. Amen? Those that are, are trying to allow God to be manifest in their life have a true conviction of sin. And then number two, God's people manifest the power to destroy sin. 
Say it again. God's people manifest the power to destroy sin. Please pull up Psalm 68, 1 through 2, Brother John. Listen to what it says. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth upon the, before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. This passage of Scripture literally represents intense and fervent prayer. Leave it up there. Let God arise. Let His enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate Him flee before Him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. How many of you ever seen smoke up in the air and then you see a quick wind of, of, of air and it just blows that smoke away? As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. God's people manifest the power to destroy sin. A few years ago, my mother and father-in-law bought some property that my father-in-law worked very, very hard for in Edwardsville. And they'd always wanted to, matter of fact, they promised my wife that they were going to build a new house before she graduated, and they built that house after we had our first child. Didn't quite get the timing down. But when they bought that property, Brother Kevin, right there off our exit, was a little bitty store right there to the left that was a pornography shop. How many ever went on highway? You've seen it. You know what I'm And my father-in-law says that in their men's prayer, their morning prayer group, when he was in charge of that in Granite City, he brought that to the prayer group, and Brother Dave, every day they prayed, God, destroy that building. Just bring that building down. And do you know it wasn't but a few years that building actually burnt down? It burnt down. And I believe the man who even owned it was killed. Something. My father-in-law says, well, I didn't want that to happen, but I didn't want the business there. That's exactly what I'm talking about. God's people manifest the power to destroy sin. May I say to every one of us here tonight that we need to be praying and seeking God for the destruction of sin and strongholds that exist in our community. Every city and every community has strongholds that must be broken. Every city has them. We need to be praying for these bars to close. We need to be praying for those bars down there to close and for those bars down there to close. We need to be praying that this problem that exists and it's in every community of drugs and alcohol, that it would be destroyed and, and, and brought down. Perversion and adultery and fornication and abuse and false doctrine and religion that, that's being taught that's not of God. God's people manifest the power to destroy sin and strongholds. Through prayer, fasting, professing Christ, we have the power to destroy sin. And everyone said amen. Number three, God's people manifest a spirit of holiness. Those that are truly uh, wanting Jesus Christ to be manifest in their life manifest a spirit of holiness. Romans 1.4 says this. I'll bring it up. Jesus declared this. He said, to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. Jesus declared that He was to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. Now catch this. Wherever and whenever the presence of Jesus Christ is working amongst His people. 
you will discover this. There's obedience, there's separation from the world, and there's an abstinence from ungodly things. You'll see it. But what you'll, I want you to understand here what is probably the key is the spirit of obedience. The spirit of obedience. 1 John chapter 3, verse 22 says this, We keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Again, we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Now I want you to catch this when we talk about holiness. That Greek translation, these words are, are actually very strong and moving, but it says this. It says, we keep His commandments holding to them with great excitement because we know that it pleases Him. Again, we keep His commandments holding to them with great excitement because we know it pleases Him. So the spirit of obedience on us is to say that we are individuals learning how to please God in every aspect of our life. That's holiness. That's holiness, is that we are try learning how to please God in every aspect of our life. It is, it is done in obedience, not out of fear or duty, but true holiness is because we know that to be holy pleases God. That's why we, as apostolic Pentecostals, preach that there's some ways that we should dress, and there's ways that we shouldn't talk, and there's ways, things, places we don't go, and, and all the things that many of us that have been raised in, in the apostolic faith, you know what I'm talking about. We do those things not out of fear or not out of duty, but we do that because we've separated ourselves to the world, from the world. Remember, we're strangers and pilgrims. And we don't do it out of fear or duty, but I do it with excitement because I know in my heart somehow, some way, it pleases God for me to separate myself from the world. It's beautiful to me. That's what holiness is. And people that are wanting God to be manifested in their lives have a spirit of holiness about them. A couple more. God's people manifest a sharing of the Lord's burden. Amen. Luke 19.10, if you'll pull that up. As he's pulling this up, let me ask you this. What was and what is the Lord's mission? Luke 19 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. May I say to every one of us here today, people that are really wanting Jesus Christ to be manifest in their life will share in the Lord's burden, and His burden was to seek and to save all that were lost. In our present day, you know what that means? Witnessing. Inviting to church. It means teaching a Bible study. It means outreaching. It means evangelizing. Let me go a step further, and I want to talk about this for just a couple minutes. It means developing. Developing. Do you guys know there are new people that come to the, this church that are needing to be helped in developing their walk with the Lord? Now, how can we do that? How can we help them develop in their walk with the Lord? Let me tell you a very easy way. Have them over at your house for dinner. I'll come to anybody's house if you make dinner, I promise. I'll, I'm needing some developing. 
get out of my get up early in the morning on Saturdays and I look out my window and I see Brother Keith cook, cooking breakfast and he's not once ever invited me over in three years. We can literally look across each other's driveway there and see each other in our kitchens. I text him one morning, I said, what's for breakfast? And he, he said, Some, close the blinds. <laughs> I'm talking about developing, though. Do you know there's people that leave here without a husband to help support them in their trying to walk with God? There are husbands that leave here without a wife trying to help them in their living for God. There are children that come to this church and they are faithful every Sunday and every Wednesday and every event that we have. Church, hear me right now, that go home and their lives are a living hell. Forgive me if those words offend you. But they are abused and they are neglected and they are cussed at and they've seen their own parents stab each other and their parents are in jail and their parents have had affairs and they're committing adultery and doing drugs and all the things and they come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and and Brother Baker this is their outlet for just maybe four hours a week but we can help develop them by coming up to them saying hey why don't you go out to eat with me Sunday or or my family's going to go out to dinner Friday night. Would you like to go with us? Or would you like to come over to my house and play some games? You would not believe how much that will go in helping develop people in their walks with God. Every one of us can do it. Well, my house isn't clean. Clean it up. My house isn't that nice. Who cares? I'm talking about developing people. Developing people. I wrote here today on my way up tonight when I was, when I was, my wife was driving, I was looking over my notes, but I wrote down here, I put whatever it takes, Lord, help each one of us reach someone in 2010. Help each one of us. A lot of us go home to our perfect little Pentecostal world, but even people that are in this church that we rub shoulders with daily, their lives are a mess, and they need the support and the help of their brothers and sisters in the Lord. God's people manifest a sharing of the Lord's burden. Amen? Amen. Let's develop people. And then the fifth thing I want to talk to you about tonight. I'm talking about Jesus Christ being manifest in our lives. And I love this, and I think our church does a really, really good job with this. But God's people manifest an exuberant and exceeding great joy. I wrote here, God's people are happy. God's people are happy. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is thy strength. The joy of the Lord is thy strength. It does not say that the blessings that He gives me causes my joy, my strength. did not say the possessions that He brings in my life is what gives me my strength or His gifts and all those things we talk about. But it says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Our strength comes from the joy that He places in our heart and life. Not stuff. Not stuff. That's Brother Arnold's favorite word, stuff. If you only can be happy when God gives you stuff, then your relationship with God is shallow. 
Am I right? I found as much blessing, and Lord help me, I don't, don't let anything great here come, but I found just as much blessing sometimes in what God has taken away than what God has given. Because sometimes when He takes away, it makes me trust Him and get on my face and seek Him more, and my relationship is further developed in the Lord. But our strength comes from the joy He placed in my heart and life. Ezra chapter 3, verses 10 and 11, and verse 13, if you'll pull that up, Brother John, says, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, and the Levites, son of Asheph, with cymbals, to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because He is good, for His mercy, mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. Everybody say shout. When they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. They shouted because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Verse number 13. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. This is a passage of scripture when... They were building the temple. And Brother Matt, all they had done is just laid the foundation. That was all that was done. That's the extent of all that had happened. They had just laid the foundation for the temple. And the Bible says that they praised and they shouted with a loud shout for that. Now listen to what this means. That Hebrew word for shout literally means this. It means split the ears. It means split their ears. So their praise and their worship, their shout was so loud that it literally was ear splitting in exuberance and praise unto the Lord. Now catch this. Psalm 66 and 1 says this. Make a joyful noise unto God all ye lands. Psalms 81 and 1. Sing aloud, un sing aloud unto God our strength. Make a joyful noise unto the God of Jacob. Now catch this. The word noise in the Hebrew is this. It means thunder, sparks, and fire. How many of you knew that? That word noise in the Hebrew literally means thunder, sparks, and fire. Now remember, again, we're talking about God's people manifest an exuberant and succeeding great joy. So great should our joy be that it results in a shout that is ear-splitting in praise and worship. Everyone in this community can hear about how, how much we praise and worship God. And our, this church is pretty good about praise and worship. Brother Carl said to me, he went to my house Sunday afternoon to help me take out some cabinets in our bathroom. And he actually said to me, he said, I didn't know if you were going to get any preaching, get to preach today because of the worship that started to take place. And I actually said this, I said, you ever think that could be too much where that just the worship is too much and, and there's no preaching? And he said, he said, I don't know, Pastor. He said, because how, how bad could it be when we're always worshiping God? So great should our joy be, it results in a shout that is ear-splitting with praise and worship. In other words, this community needs to know about the worship that goes on at this church. And it creates... A joyful noise like thunder that results in a spark. Remember, it means thunder, sparks, and fire. It results in a spark that ends up 
in a fire of revival. God's people manifest an exuberance of joy. Amen. That's why we come into the house of God on Sundays and even on, on Wednesdays. We don't quite have the music, although Brother Keith and Sister Natasha and my mom are doing really good. They do good playing. We don't have the new modern stuff like we sing on Sunday. But every service that we come into the house of God, this place needs to be filled with praise and worship because we are allowing Jesus Christ to be manifest in our lives. Amen. With the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand tonight. <coughs> I want Jesus Christ to be manifest in my life. You know, what we're, you know what we're talking about here tonight? Wrap it up with this. Simple statement. In every aspect of our life, everything that we do, people see Jesus Christ in you and I. That's what we're talking about. In our worship. The joy that's in our life. Our mission. Our purpose. Our desires. The way we live our lives. Christ is manifest in our life. In other words, this world sees Jesus Christ in us. I've said it many, many times, and I want to say it again. When this world looks at you and I, they must look at you and I and say, I want what they've got. There must be something about you and I that says, I want what they have. Well, who was it in the, in the scriptures where that... Uh, they seen the apostles doing miracles and everything, and they, they wanted to start casting out demons like the apostles. Some of them even tried to buy it, and they wanted what they had. Well, they didn't completely understand it. They wanted it. Amen. This world needs to see the joy and the peace and, and the desire and the passion and the love. Amen. Matter of fact, I would go as far as to say that some of you that are sitting in this place tonight, that's what drew you to the house of God. Rebecca? Billy? Amen. You knew someone loved you. You knew someone cared for you. Amen. I want Jesus Christ to be made manifest in my life. Amen. I want us to close and pray this way. Remember what was said Sunday. The Lord's going to call us to greater realms of consecration than we've ever been before. As families, as individuals, as a church. I want us to pray right now that, Lord, whatever is in my life, whatever. How many ever heard this statement, secret sins? How many have heard about those, those things that are deeply seated within us that we've just tucked away and, and thought that we were over them and Every once in a while, they, they rear their ugly head back in our life. Let's pray right now. Lord, whatever's in our life, sin, temptations, scars, whatever's in our life that, that, that needs to be taken out so that you would be made manifest in me, I'm asking you to take it out. Let's pray that way right now. Father, Lord, we, we receive your word tonight. Amen. And I believe what you're telling this church and this group of people is that if we are going to see the move of God that has been prophetically spoken over this church and this congregation, that then every aspect of our life, this world must see you in our lives. Lord, I pray for all my brothers and sisters here tonight that, Lord, if there be anything that is deep-seated in us, scars of years past or 
condemnation of years past or bitterness and discord. Lord, if there's any secret sins or if there's any self-denial, Lord God, of things that are in our life, Lord, I'm asking you to show every one of us and help us, Lord, to, to remove that so that Jesus Christ would be made manifest in our lives. Let this world see you through us, the way we love one another, the way we outreach, the way we praise, the way we worship, the joy that exists in our life. Help us to be a reflection of you, Lord Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name. Let Christ be formed in us, in your wonderful name. Amen. 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 Jesus said, Scripture says, that if he be lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. Amen. I want him to be lifted up, don't you? I'm excited about the future. I'm excited about now. But I'm excited about what God has in store. Amen. Let's keep praying. Let's keep witnessing. Can I say something real quick before we're dismissed? I'm going to say something. Thank you, Joe. I love Joe. only person I know who calls me pal. <laughs> I want to say something very, very serious though, okay? As new people come into this church, we all must be very, very conscious of the way we talk in front of people. And we must be very, very conscious I'm going to be just very, very honest. We have no business as a church telling the garbage or the weaknesses or the problems in other people's lives. Quite frankly, I don't want to know them. Quite frankly, I just seem not know what... My, my relationship is different, I know, because I, I talk to people a lot as a pastor, but... We have to be very, very conscious. I know of people that have that have come to church and someone in the church will tell them something bad about someone. We don't want let's not have that. We must be very, very conscious of what we expose people to as they are trying to develop in their walk with Jesus Christ. Amen. Now the reason that is, and I'm gonna let you go here in just a minute. The reason that is is because we don't know what their background is. And we don't know what their weaknesses are. Men, if somebody comes into this church and has a problem with gambling, we need not expose them to gambling. If there are women that come in here that has come from some type of whatever, and we know about that, we need not expose them to that or tell them about that. Amen? You agree with me? They're babies. Amen? How would you feel if when your child was two years old, I brought him over at my house and said, I got some things I want to teach you. You know what I'm talking about? That's the way it's like with, with new people. They're developing, and there's certain things that does not need to be talked about. And not, matter of fact, need not, not ever be said. 
And I know that it goes on. Amen? I know that it goes on. But I wish that every one of us would get to a place in our lives where that when someone begins to tell you garbage about somebody, you just say, I don't want to hear it. Let's pray for them. Amen? I believe that's what Jesus would do. And that's what I want to do. And I haven't always done that. Lord, forgive me. And help me be that way. Amen? We're trying to develop people. We're trying to nurture them. Amen? Let's be very careful how we act, how we talk, the places we go. We don't want anybody, we don't want to be a stumbling block to anybody. Amen? Let's love people. In Jesus' name. Shake hands, be friendly. Any, well, any questions, any comments?